Welcome back to Lady Blurt Sings the Blues. This is your girl, Kylie Tootsmart. And of course, sometimes we. Sometimes, not all the time. Not all the time. Um, May has been a good eh day. Um, We're off to a really great start today. Um, I am learning new equipment. And so that's why you see this new format as, as... as you guys see right here. So welcome to my room. As you can see, like there's some Majin Boo, some Boo's here. There's some Vasha Stampede. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let's just go right fucking into it. So how was your week? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, my week was really good. Um, yeah, I just been really positive doing the things, we're getting closer and closer to closing on the house. Nice. So yes, that feels phenomenal. Um, and work has been going smoothly. I haven't really done too much socializing. It's been kind of like a really introspective week, mm-hmm. just re- refocusing and regathering some energies. Um, you're the big girl thing. Yeah. And I mean, what I mean by big girl thing, I mean, you're getting a house and, you know, unlike sometimes we here, you probably have your shit together. We're staying hydrated. Don't worry. It's, it's actual, like, it's just unsweetened black tea. Sweetened like, fish tea is good for you. Why gotta be black? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, um, I don't know. Um, Oh, you know what I heard? I actually heard that um, they're kind of in the music side of things. That DMX yes. is not doing so well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he had I, a heart attack? Well, so that's like supposed drug overdose, um, which led to heart complications, and he was on life support. And then there was a report that was like, oh, he's off life support, and he's breathing by himself. But then mm-hmm. they came back, and they were like, wait, no, that wasn't actually the case. But mm-hmm. he is doing better, so... Man, like a giant um, in the music industry, and the um, rap, and the like the the rap industry, like hip hop industry, yes, yeah. rap specifically. Um, the dog, right? So. Yeah, because he pray like the way that he emotes. Um, there's not too many people that come through with that type of rhythm and flow. And then he's also another individual that has been very open about his past experiences, his experience mm-hmm. with God. Um, mm-hmm. his experience with drugs mm-hmm. and um, what that struggle looked like for him. Mm-hmm. And so I just appreciate, you know, his candor and his growth and, you know, my heart goes out to him and his family. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, folks I know who've um, basically posted their dedications to BMX um, that they they were like just really happy to have had interactions with him. Um one person in particular shout out to rocky tirade who's also been a guest on the show before um or actually no he's been a guest for don't cast and drive yeah i'm gonna say interviews yeah for the interview portion of this podcast um that he's actually used to um directly work with dmx and um has had opportunities to you know to grow and help with like you know his career but at the same time to be working with a legend so right. some of those stories are funny. Um, like 
maybe Rocky and I have probably crossed paths before on directly, uh, but one funny story I can think of is um, that DMX was performing for Rock the Bells, and this was like in 2011, 2012, and mm -hmm. he comes out <laughs> with, with a handle of wild turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, then he's making jokes about how he just got out of prison and, and he's supposed to be behaving and yet he's coming out with a whole wild turkey. And of course the crowd is going wild because it's DMX. Like everybody loves DMX, everybody but loves I'm sure everybody in the back is just like, oh, oh no, please do not. You're supposed to be behaving. You're supposed to be behaving. Why do you, did you, why did you do that? It's like the crowd loves it, <laughs> you know? But, um, but aside, like all jokes aside, like I'm actually glad to see well, there's a lot of posts um, out there showing his softer side. Like there was a post about him growing orchids, yeah. which I thought was beautiful. Like I never thought ever in DMX's career, aside from, you know, doing the cover of Jingle Bells. Bruno throws Red Nose Wrangle. Sorry, not Jingle Bells. Uh, but he... But aside from that, I didn't realize that there was such a softer side to this man that now I'm seeing arise on social media. And, and to be honest, I wish there was more of that with Black men. Um, I was going to say, I have been like blessed in my feed to be getting um, more, like, I won't say femme, but more soft boys, more Black men need more soft being boys, free yeah. and happy to express like the, the softer sides of themselves, mm -hmm. whether it just be like gardening or... I don't know, playing with their pets or like... Or teaching kids. Teaching kids. Oh, I've seen so many videos of men just teaching children and, and that there has been like some soft examples of how to instruct the material that they're instructing, which is like, or which is whether if it's life lessons or just math. Right. You know? So it's really nice to see the softer side. And I think it's really important to see that softer side because, you know, straight men can definitely tap into that fem like that feminine side but it doesn't necessarily have to mean weak i was like uh we all have masculine and feminine energy yeah every single person and it's not fair to try and you know discredit somebody as a human being for just having emotions or for just you know expressing their whole and complete selves yeah exactly but um you know I'm wishing DMX well, and I, you know, I'm thinking about his his uh, his friends who are, you know, kind of monitoring the status of him, and you know, I'm thinking about his family. So, like, you know, all good thoughts, and hopefully, hopefully, he pulls through, and I can see him on stage joking around again. You know, oh gosh, yes. <laughs> um, moving along. So my week has been very interesting. Um, like I mentioned before, changing equipment really. Because uh, there is a whole thing of trying to readapt to how to set up everything again. So like I'm still working through it, but it's a learning process. So I have to be patient with myself with these things. So, you know, like removing microphones and figuring out how to work the main microphone and then also using new technology that I that I cross platforming is, is I guess what I'm trying right? to say, because I used to work off of a Mac and now I'm going back into PC and I don't hate PCs per se, and I don't hate Macs either, but they definitely do have their obvious disparities of how they operate. So um, luckily I know I work with one at work and I work with one at home. So like, at least, I mean, I'm still kind of fluent in both, but it's still a pain in the ass. 
So I'm still trying to work through that. And thanks for everybody uh, being very patient and open about all this new reformatting with the podcast and really appreciating all of the new stuff that's been coming out. I got a lot of great feedback about the YouTube, oh, the YouTube aspect it, of this It podcast. looks great. Like, I cannot give you like enough credit, people, people. I am technologically like impaired. <laughs> like anything that you see where it's like, oh, that's a nice graphic. That shit, bro. It wasn't me. I show up and I'm here. She shows up, she chats, she makes sure that I'm like, okay. And, and then, uh, she soaks up my frustration sometimes, but uh, yeah, it, it's great. <laughs> no, it's like, but the editing, like anything that you see where it's just like, oh, it's been done proper. It's been done proper, you know? That's that's all the she deserves props. And we do this on our own like free time. We're not in a studio. Eventually, yeah. one day we'll have someone else. We could just be like, use that. Yeah, I'd love to have somebody else do this. Please, but right now I set it up. The thing is though, like I'm very some people who are listening definitely know this, but I'm very anti like letting people do shit for free. Yeah. And so I'm like, let me give you money and let me please give you money. But if I know I can't give you money regularly for regularly doing something, then I'm not going to ask. I'm going to try to DIY it, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, the, the logo work that was done by Jess. Yeah, I paid her, right? Or the the actual, the new theme song. Yes, I was going to say. I was going to pay that person. Oh, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Well, no, I was going to pay him, but he's like, no, nope, just keep it. It's yours. I'm like, give me your Venmo. Nope. Oh, okay. Okay. It's all right. Thank you. The shout out to the rap nerd for you know, hooking it up. But yeah, it was like, but like, yeah, like for video editing, that takes time. Making art, that takes time. And, um, you know, also making music, that takes time. And you know what else it takes? Years and years and years of developing that expertise. Yeah. So you got to respect that. Um, asking for favors can be like, eh, can you please? Yeah, a moment, but that moment is literally like a couple hours that you that you're reserving for somebody else. So I don't know. It's just I always think I'm very hyper conscious about that because also you know being a musician. Yes, I was gonna say people tend to ask ask artists for things that like they would never like you would never go to your doctor and be like, can I get the <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Can I get the what? <laughs> can I get the hookup? You know? Oh no, you know what? I'm gonna do that in my next doctor's visit. <laughs> Like, hey, can I get the hookup? Shit's expensive out there. Expensive. Don't even like, like, you're gonna use the your life subscribe and follow. I'll I'll give you a five-star review on Yelp. <laughs> I'll tell Kaiser that you were doing wonderful. Yes. And that you should keep your job and get a raise. Yeah, exactly. See how I want that goes medical hookups. We all do. Right? Yes. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you that shout out, Doc, next time. You know. Oh my God. No, doctors do indeed get paid by, 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 you know, their employer for us to be taken care of, but, um, you know. I turn to artists more than I turn to my doctors, honestly. Like, if I'm having a really hard day, my first thought is not, like, oh, what doctor should I call? Like, my first thought is, like, oh, I'm going to go, like, put on some bomb music and look at some, like, beautiful art. Like, look and see what people are creating because that's what makes me happy. Yeah, exactly. No, this is true. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of us, like, how... How medical care has been structured in America, a lot of us are just like, I'm not going to my doctor. Like I'll I'll just get, you know, if I'm having some 
mouth pain. Let me get an aura gel and just numb my whole mouth and pray that it goes away. Or like, you know, what's that weird tummy thing? Mm, is that going to cost me $500 just for <laughs> just for, small and ginger ale? <laughs> yeah, just kept up small and ginger ale and hopefully I'll just shit the problem out. Like, it's fine. It's fine. Oh my God. Um, but moving along, yes. um, there is a couple of exciting things that are coming up on a virtual level. Um, so I have recently been uh, working with this new collective uh, called the Chromatic Brass Collective. Mm. It is a group of Black and POC women who play brass, which is, um, I don't get me started about how, like, I feel like trombone is a white man's trait, but hear me out. <laughs> But it's been very, very challenging for me to find those who I can identify with that also plays brass. And and so like usually like unfortunately like I've only had one mentor who was a woman in high school, uh Robin Ami. Uh she really helped me guide me through playing trombone, showed me how powerful I can become and all that stuff, but you know, she lives in Texas, so I couldn't see her on a regular basis. And also I grew up poor, so I couldn't, you know, paying your artist. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't regularly go see her because you know, she gotta eat too. So like, yeah. you know, it was one of those things. But ever since then, like, you know, playing trombone has definitely been kind of just like the white man and beer club. So it's just been like one of those things like it's really hard for me to identify as a woman playing trauma because mm -hmm. they'll tell me to do all these things and do it the way that they're doing it but i'm like your processes don't work for me your processes help you but they don't exactly articulate and translate for me are they telling you to play from your balls or something <laughs> you gotta feel it in your nutsack no. being you just let it out <laughs> and then i don't want to go into it like too deeply but like yeah a lot of my experience in college like i I, again, you learn when you're older that teachers aren't always going to be your mentors and your peers aren't always going to have your back. So with that being said, like there was a lot of times that I felt really alone. I thought I was like help by trying to find resources that other folks I saw get those resources, but I'm like, where, where can I get some resources so I can also expand and build as a musician. But sometimes I wasn't granted that accommodation. And so, um, so yeah, it was just really, really hard um, because sometimes I would be like, maybe I'm just not working hard enough, but really like I also have to consider the fact that I was literally the only black trombone player at San Jose State when I was attending that school. So, I mean, imposter syndrome is real. And it's like, mm -hmm. you're valid and you definitely, you're here, you're sitting in this space. But what I am like so proud of you for is because I can't stand when people will complain about something but not actually like do anything about mm -hmm. it. And you've always been one of those people where it's like when you call something out, mm -hmm. it's because you are either like doing something to change it or mm -hmm. drawing attention to it. So you can be like, hey, this is fucked up. Like there's so many other people and you give people mm -hmm. recognition and you created this space. Mm -hmm yourself and so like i'm proud i'm proud of you yeah thank you that you're doing the same so fast forward. Yes. After, after you know enduring the long period of depression since graduating school um oh, i have 
made a connection uh, with a woman from Arizona who is a French horn player. Ooh. And she invited me to this collective. I, at first I wasn't sure what it was about. Like I thought it was just like a group chat of like, you know, other black musicians. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what this is about. But then I learned that it was a, it was a collective of other black women who play brass and also black women who, who, who work on a university level as a professor who are black professors. Hell yeah. Do I see black like, professors? So future? it's like, wow, where was this? And how come I couldn't like have this? Uh, so at first that was like my first thought, but then I'm like, this is beautiful because now I can, I can, you know, talk to somebody or reach out. And this is like a huge resource, but also at the same time, like I can create a new, this is a new community yes. that I can be a part of. And I felt so like, like relieved that there was a there was a coalition of women who just loved playing brass and women of color who loved playing brass so there was that and then it extended to another step forward where they were talking about actually having a a um organization like a like a collective and so at first of course you know me being like like hesitant i'm like i don't know how much I want to extend myself, how much work is this going to take? You know, I'm always having the cold feet syndrome. So that's just mostly me, like not their fault. But uh, the more and more I kept hearing about, the more I'm like, no, I want to be part of this. I really want to be part of this. So, um, so yeah, um, I just submitted a bunch of music for them and, um, you know, gave them all the information and um, they're hoping to reach for really high goals. Um, so they are going to have a debut concert, a virtual debut concert coming up. Um, and I, oh, I forgot to mention the French horn player's name, right? No, I think you did in the beginning. I, if I forgot to say it's Aaliyah, Aaliyah Qualls. Thank you, Aaliyah Qualls. But yeah, there is a concert coming up. Uh, it's our debut concert. It's going to be on April 15th. So I'll have all the information as we get closer to time for that concert. I believe it's gonna be streamed on Facebook um, as well as probably a couple of other sites. So just be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, I'm like really excited about this and like I'm really glad to be a part of a group like this and hopefully like I can have really good uh, meaningful relationships with these musicians. So I'm, I, I'm blessed, I feel you very are blessed. blessed. I can't wait to just hear the things that you'll create. And then, um, Last but not least, there is another show coming up. I can't remember if I mentioned this last time, but here we are. Um, 7th Street Big Bam, the big band that I've been with since what, 2012, Forever. 2014. Um, we are going to have a concert at the Art Boutique, which is also live streamed. Um, it's gonna be a small group, not a big group, but a small group. Um, so then that way we're still like, staying, safe during, staying safe during the pandemic and keeping two capacities with the with the venue um but yeah that's going to be really great like gabby horlick who's the band leader she's really excited for it i already created some promo for her Yay. to start launching so like yeah it's going to be a good time and i'm very excited about it so um yeah keep your eyeballs open for that because i also should be live stream i think also on facebook and maybe youtube i can't remember but again details will dictate everything so <laughs> keep you keep your eyes open um, so let's move along to uh, just some current events, bringing up local and not so local news that impacts us all. Right now, as we're recording this podcast, there is the versus battle between Earth, Wind, and Fire and the Isley Brothers, hosted by Steve Harvey. <laughs> by the way, the jokes that have been fucking launched <laughs> on Twitter about this versus battle has been insane. 
things and people are like everyone's gonna be wearing their alligator shoes everyone's gonna be wearing their sunday best because it's easter oh <laughs> <laughs> harvey opened it up with with this is the music that made men feel something for women and this is the baby making music. And I'm like, mm, I don't want to think about Steve Harvey making babies with all that teeth, you know? <laughs> with all that teeth. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I watched a little bit of it before we started. I haven't watched any of it yet because I wanted to be able to like actually just sit down and focus and mm-hmm. watch the whole thing. Um, I'm excited though, because I just, that list has got to be phenomenal. And like, how do you pick and choose? Because both of them have like hit after hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. They make the music forever. Since the mm-hmm. 60s, 70s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who do you think you who do you think is gonna there is no winner. There is no winner. All, we are the winners, all of us were the winners. We're the winners because we've been born because of this music. We have been conceived. I don't want to think about music. that. I <laughs> definitely don't want to think about that. <laughs> That person made me the music. No. Okay. But yeah, this, like I, I'm really glad that the versus battles have been like really legendary thus far. Um, again, I think this is probably a top three for me. Um, like you know, going back to uh, who was it? It was. Why am I blanking? Oh, E40 and Too Short. That one was so good. I love that so much. And <laughs> yeah. And then I think the other one was Patty LaBeouf yeah. and um, Gladys Knight with a guest guest Dion Warwick. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so legendary. I, yeah, but the other ones, I'm like, eh, whatever. Like you know, I'm just I'm okay with whatever. Not watching them. Yeah, I'm okay with not watching the other ones. But th- those so far are like the top three because you just feel really nostalgic. This is also this is nostalgia fuel. Yeah, this to me, like my grandparents would take me to their like concerts and their shows, mm-hmm. and it was like everybody, like you said, dressed to the nines, the mm-hmm. little alligator shoes. Everybody knows all the steps along to the music. It was smooth, mm-hmm. and um, so this uh, it's gonna be nice. It's gonna just make me think about my grandparents and uh, good memories. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good memories. And yeah, I think about my grandparents. I think about Saturday mornings when my mom is just aggressively cleaning. Did it clean? She's With the. Um, try to stop. No matter who you are. <laughs> Trying to bad to sing. <laughs> Would you truly be? Would you truly be? Right? <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, oh. that was straight up. That was straight up. Yes. Um, to happen. But yeah, I'm so glad. Yeah, versus you guys, whoever coordinates that whole thing, you guys, chef's kiss. Absolutely. The gift that keeps on giving. All right. So now we're <laughs> going to go to the dark side of things. So um, as we all know, in response to um George Floyd's death, obviously now there is a international wide trial going on uh for the murder of Derek Chauvin an old police officer from the Minneapolis police force obviously I'm over here like lock him up you know because obviously on blank tapes killed him like everyone there's like 
the defense attorney for the case straight up just like, no, he overdosed or he had an underlying thing or just trying to find like little things to say like George Floyd's death was not because of the fact that uh, someone had their money <laughs> on his neck for, like, for eight, eight minutes. fucking minutes. Are you kidding me? Lock his ass up. He's done. And that was obviously him. I'm tired of these dumbass conspiracy theories back in 2020 saying that that was not that man. That was not Derek Chauvin. The ears are different. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm tired. Lock his ass up. He needs to go. Um... So I want to actually, um, I don't want to say congratulations, but I want to say something to the effect um, that Donald Williams, who is a notable martial artist in uh, Minnesota, um, he also coaches wrestling. He's a, he's like a, a he's a physical training um, expert basically on this, and that he has been testifying and describing the videos um, on the techniques that were used to kill George Floyd. Um, And not only that he was describing the techniques that were used to kill this uh, innocent, unarmed Black man, but he was also a witness for the whole thing. He was there the whole time. He was one of the ones who called up 911, and he straight up said they didn't even check his pulse. He told 911 that like, they didn't check his pulse. I just say, saw them take him away in the ambulance. He was there the whole time to make sure that the cops didn't touch any any other of the bystanders. And of course, like you know, out of emotion and watching a man, a, a brother get killed, of course he's gonna shout out the cops and tell them to stop find ways to get them to stop find ways to get them distracted and find ways to make them like knock it off because it was absolutely terrifying to see something like that to watch a man on the floor screaming for his mother screaming like screaming for help screaming you know just saying like I didn't do anything you know over what what they suspected was a $20 counterfeit bill so going back to Donald Williams um he kept his ground and solidified his stance on things. I really, I took how he testified, like, wow, we should all learn that as an example of when we try to protect our community because how he testified was so powerful. Um, Not only that, I know I addressed how he described the techniques, but in a different session, he brought up, like the defense attorney was challenging him with all these questions. Yes, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, the video is so sickening to watch. He was saying, like, the defense attorney is like, so you called him a bum. You called him a punk, like a punk ass, like, you know, effort or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you kept saying, like, I, you said that Officer Tao put his hands on you and you called him, do not touch me, or blah, blah, blah. And, like, you know, just trying to challenge him with things to use that man's anger and the situation to invalidate and contribute to what was he was trying to draw as irrational right he was like oh you're just getting angrier and angrier Mm -hmm. and i just loved his he said i got more and more professional he said Mm -hmm. no i'm watching a man die in front of me i got more and more professional you can't pay me out to be angry um he's like i stayed in my body and just how he like he was watching that defense attorney like, I mean, obviously he is an opponent, but he was watching him. He was like, you're a snake. I see that you're a snake. Yeah. You're asking me questions when you obviously know the answer. Like you watched the tape, did you not? Yeah. So, so it was and like a lot of those. Like, yeah. Is that what you heard? You heard me say it 13 times on the tape. 
But he's like, if that's what you heard on the tape, then that's what you heard on the tape. He didn't even say yes or no because, you know, also, like, if you're watching a man getting killed and, like, emotion is rising in your body, right, you're not going to remember everything that you're going to say verbatim. Like, I don't remember everything that I said verbatim. If, like, you know, I wasn't at the degree of being there in person and seeing a man get killed, but I was at one of the, pro I was at the protest in San Jose. And I remember how built in emotion I was mad that there was cops there not being there for us. They were there to be against us. Um, they pushed me they put my hands on me. I watched Jared Yuen from San Jose PD just act vile, absolutely vile and treated us like we were targets. I watched them put tear gas into their arsenal. like. I was so overwhelmed with emotion and I was so mad because I was already mad about hearing that this innocent man was killed and not to mention like going to the event. Of course I was mad and screaming at the cops and telling them to stop and stand down and saying all that stuff. But of course a, a few F-bombs have slipped out but I don't remember when and where I said those things. So it's like going back to this guy testifying, like he's not, I don't, everything that he does is a reaction and it's a reasonable reaction yeah and so of course because it's a reaction like he's not gonna remember everything verbatim by minute of how he said it and when he said it and what he said so like he was trying to paint him out as rational and that's something that i feel like has always been a weapon against black people in, gen in general poc people in general is just using anger to invalidate anything that they do and to consider them irrational right and it, to me it's just like how how this person had the audacity to even open their mouths and be like, oh, you're getting angrier and angrier. And it's just like, well, that is a rational line of thought. If I'm watching someone mm -hmm. get murdered in front of me mm -hmm. simply because they're black, mm -hmm. I'm going to be angry. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be mad because... Mm -hmm you know, it's wrong. And we're taught that we're supposed to stand up against things yeah, that we're supposed are to stand injustices up in this country. And that we have, effect. Yeah. yeah, you know, we, we have power, you know, in this society um, to be able, we're supposed to be able to mm -hmm. call the police out. Mm -hmm. They're civil servants, mm -hmm. you know, they're supposed to be able to answer to their mm -hmm. community. And so, yeah, if I watch something foul like that go down, I'm going to say something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you might be the first voice, but you, or you might be a part, the second or the third voice, but you are at least a voice, you know? And that's what this man was using. He was a voice to help stop the situation, to distract them from that situation, to make sure that hopefully, I mean, in hopes that that man didn't, you know, die. But uh, I mean, fast forward to now i mean that's what it is now um but that could have been prevented but that nasty cop decided to leave his knee on that on that man's neck for eight minutes and say that oh he just had a drug overdose and mm -hmm. you know it wasn't my fault that i held him in that position mm -hmm. um but yeah like but yeah going back to the anger and the disregard yeah like i just what i mean it's a double standard too like you know think about you know, the Pete, like Ru Ruby, little Ruby Bridges going to a school, like the first little one to go into a desegregated school and people are rioting. She has to be escorted by like, you know, state troopers to make sure that she doesn't get hurt, you know, like, and there's people screaming and wilding out, but it's white people who are screaming and wilding out. So was their anger justified at the moment? Cause none of those people died. 
and none of those people were punished for it. You know what else is that messed up? Um, you know, I'm trying to think of more like <laughs> current day examples, but like, oh no, no, the KKK, still a running organization. There isn't any laws to arrest them for just having a presence. You know, same thing with people who run I mean, around. For the longest West. time, they weren't even, you know, listed as a terrorist group, which is yeah. mind-boggling to me. But that's anger that is justified and not used against that group of people. It's just part of their nature. It's just part of who they are. It's not violent, even though it is, because it's proven that there's, like, there's thousands of lynchings in the name of them because they're angry. But for what? Angry for what? <laughs> like black people exist that that their ancestors brought us here first like and then let's think about like the capital riots a lot of those people thought they were getting off too like a lot of those people thought they were getting a lot off. of those people did get off like but, oh. the cops, but the cops you know but the men said this is fine this is fine and like a lot of them like i mean they got arrested and whatnot like now because it's like oh we can't be you know doing all this shit but like you know, like for some reason, like that anger wasn't considered irrational in the moment. That was justified anger. But then when you use that same anger against a bunch of black people or people who are for black people, you know what happens? Cops show up. Cops are telling us to leave. Cops are saying this is unrighteous. Cops are saying all of this, you know, and this is even stems from like, you know, into the black, angry black woman trope that an angry black woman is not considered serious. Or that are professional. Yeah, or that black women in general are always angry and there's not a reason. Yeah, even behind that anger. professional, it's considered anger. Like, I'm like, what is so because anger is used in correlation for irrationality, like like obviously this is something to jack like the whole community and also to keep us not in our place, but to keep us in a situation where we're never going to be treated as a model or be treated as somebody or as, as folks who can succeed and be the example. We're always treated like they'll never do anything right. And that's the preconception of white, or that's the preconception of, of the black community established by white supremacy. I mean, I think that's why it's so important for um, black people to own things for themselves, you know, mm -hmm. for us to own things in our community, to actually own our homes and mm -hmm. own banks and own water resources and, um, you know, work mm -hmm. and live and support our communities because we are capable. And like, that's the thing, that's the narrative, right? It's mm -hmm. just like, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily true. I saw a meme actually earlier today that I was just like, wow. Um, and it was, Saying that most individuals in the medical and healthcare fields now are people who are black and um, people mm -hmm. of color, and there, it was just like a little stencil of um, a black woman. She's a doctor's stethoscope, and under it says mm -hmm. like "Do Black Lives Matter Now?" Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this idea that black people—well, this part is true—we have to work twice as hard to get mm -hmm. you know half as far. Mm -hmm. um, and that we have infiltrated these spaces that mm -hmm. were previously, um, you know, white only spaces mm -hmm. and that, you know, we have gone out and gotten the education that we are constantly and consistently proving ourselves mm -hmm. to be builders of this nation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I do see a shift in the recognition mm -hmm. um, of the work that people uh, have been doing. So I do think that 
growing up hearing these stereotypes and, and challenging these stereotypes, that's the inner strength and the beauty of the Black community is that we challenge and we thrive and we have mm-hmm. made it through so many of these um, obstacles. Mm-hmm. And um, at, at a certain point, you know, you stop looking at the people who oppressed you mm-hmm. to take responsibility for their actions because mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to happen. That's mm-hmm. when people have to start standing up for one another and, you know, standing up for themselves. Yeah. Because nobody gives you shit. And we've seen what happens. Like, we build our own stuff up and they bomb it. But you build, you got to build it back. And I think every time that we build back, we build back stronger. Yeah, exactly. Um, kind of going into the whole sadness of it all. Like, you know, um, I'll, I'll skip a little bit today. But, you know, this is the 53rd anniversary since the, t- like, as of today, um, of Dr. Martin Luther King's assassination. And this is the second attempt that actually, because he he was, it, there was a first attempt that someone tried to assassinate him before, and then they finally got him in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, but yeah, like, that person who shot him, angry, like, you know, like, upset for a second, he thought he was going to get off. Um, but also, like, you know, the Dr. Martin Luther King, like, not only let he's led peaceful protests and peaceful marches. He's really tried to create the rhetoric that black people are not angry. Um, they are, but not in an aggressive manner that, that we're painted out to be. Well, just that know? like black people are not violent perpetrators of crime. All of the violence yeah. has been perpetrated against the black community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this whole fear of retaliation is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Because if <laughs> I could just tell you, if I go and I punch somebody in the face, mm-hmm. um, best believe I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang around that guy and make them feel like, you know, I should be sorry. I'm just going to tell everyone that, you know, oh, they deserve it. And uh, I better come up with some excuse. Oh my God. And I'm not I'm not going to like hold myself accountable for that until probably a bunch of people get together and be like, we saw you punch that guy in the face. <laughs> oh, my God. You were wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of like what's happening now is that all of us are coming together and it's not just here in America. It's like all around the world. People that we've gone so global with, Mm -hmm. you know, having access to the internet, having access to YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a beautiful thing. It's been a beautiful thing. I'm I'm always going to point out about how having the internet and having, you know, access to information so instantly has been a beautiful thing. We don't have to go to the libraries and meet up with, we end up with small, like small to large groups of people. We don't have to go and solicit ourselves. Like it's their point blank, seeing things on video, like that's your evidence. And that's what's going on right now. And sometimes there might be a little bit of cutoff in context, but overall, like if you see the peak of the action that's happening, you know, who's wrong. Yeah. So and knowledge is power. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, like I've been kind of monitoring this whole trial and I just, I am so, um, Donald Williams has been kind of an inspiration of how to, how to stand ground, if anything, like I, I consider him a hero. And, oh, the inner peace is strong with that one. He's yeah. like straight up Yoda. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because like he's, he's a martial artist and people think that martial artists are mean and aggressive, but no, like he actually, like there is a sense of it that teaches you temperament and teaches you how to stay in your, in your body. So like, I'm absolutely... George, this whole, 
failed child and better beware. I can't wait till that man gets locked up because that's the strongest asset to that whole to that whole trial. Like everything else that everyone else is saying, like yeah, they had the the EMTs and they had you know George Floyd's uh, late girlfriend um, or not late girlfriend girlfriend. Sorry, I, I messed that up. But his his girlfriend like at the trial, like you know the, they have all these other witnesses like testifying, but. The strongest one is that man. The strongest one is is Donald Williams' is his word and outlining the whole situation and saying like you know how he's keeping his ground. So it's it's great. I'm I'm so glad that that has pulled through and hopefully that gives uh, the family of George Floyd some some peace. Yeah. Um. So moving along. Um. Speaking of those who are strong, uh, we'll get back to another thing about shoes in a second um, but I we also want to wish uh Dr. Maya Angelo yeah happy birthday happy birthday um you know she worked very hard in her career um to bring to the forefront in her poetry and in her writings like you know black culture things that we have to transcend through the softer side of being black you know the straight upness of being black you know you can name it i mean talk about inner peace that woman like even just hearing her speak and reading her words um there is such a um grounded rooted perspective and like it feels like everything that she has penned and everything that she has written is just like mm-hmm. the truth it's the gospel <laughs> mm-hmm. um and it's a beautiful beautiful experience um i want to say she had passed like back in 2014 mm-hmm. um but i remember you know reading her works especially when i was doing the whole poetry out loud thing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um i recently saw laura downs shout out to laura downs um she is um, a pianist mm-hmm. and um, has worked with many different artists to kind of bring together spoken word, poetry, and mm-hmm. music. Um, and I got to work with her and she's incredible, but she did a special for my Angela's birthday and it was beautiful, mm-hmm. like made me cry. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I was reading like Phenomenal Woman earlier and I was just like, there are people out there um, who are just examples of what it means to experience mm-hmm. this Black American experience and all of the trauma that goes with it, and to use art to transform mm-hmm. and really show the breadth mm-hmm. of your beauty and the, the strength that you have inside and appreciating mm-hmm. the roots and where you come from and not letting um, some of these traumatizing and dehumanizing experiences actually like take away mm-hmm. from your sense of self and your sense of power. So, oh, she's changed the world. Yeah. I know she's definitely she changed my first, life. She was the first, by the way, she was the first African-American woman to recite a poem for a presidential inauguration. Yeah. It was for the Bill Clinton administration. Yeah, I'm glad she kicked that off well, but Bill, come on, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my, well. Also, for those who don't know, Monica Lewinsky's uh, Twitter is a gem. I absolutely appreciate her things that she has said and has clapped back, so. She's hilarious. She's great. Oh, my God. She's great. 
All right. Uh, speaking of clapping back, let's talk about little Nas X. Yeah. Yeah. So we did talk about his music video from last week, how it was just top tier chef's kiss. Like, you know, basically big middle finger to all the people who think like, oh my God, he's gay and he's black and he's a rapper. And he, what? This, there needs to be more misogyny. Like going chill straight out, to chill hell. Out. Like going straight to hell with that boy being gay. And he you was know, like, Adam yes. and Eve not step on. But yeah, like it was, it, I still keep watching that. I keep, yeah, I keep watching it. It's so good. And uh, he's not having sex with the devil. He's trying to lap dance. Fine. He gives him a lamp dance. Just because you see the devil do like a weird inhale with his chest, <laughs> which is also kind of uncomfortable and weird. Like, <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I really love the ending when he took the crown. He's like, bitch, I run shit. Like, I loved that. But, like, also, like, they were not having sex. Okay. There was no penetration. Okay. If there was implied that they could have had sex. There was coitus. There was hot, doubly coitus. Boy coitus? <laughs> Boy coitus. <laughs> I hate you. All right, but, um, but I just yeah. have to give South Park the whole time. <laughs> Someone, someone today reposted a video when Rihanna did her Fenty launch. Oh God! Um, and she was she was in a Sephora and she gave like a guy a um, a beautiful man with like long straight brown hair and like very looks very um, he was very white passing. I'm not gonna say if he was white or not, but he the, she did the makeup and he goes, oh my God! She goes, yes, yes. And what was funny is the caption was like. Um, Rihanna giving Jesus a makeover before we start. <laughs> Happy Easter, Jesus. Happy Easter, Jesus. All right. Speaking Sometimes of um, what we were trying to talk about. So the shoes. Oh, my um, gosh. Yes. So Nike was a little pressed and was like, we can't be morally responsible for Satan's shoes when really there was a copyright problem. Um, so did you want to talk about? Yeah. First? So like these. Jerks. Uh, they really were just like, oh no, we don't have, and we don't want to have anything to do with it. And so they got a judge, a federal judge, to actually do a stop of sale, um, which Lil Nas' team was able to do a workaround um, and basically be like, oh no, like we've actually purchased these Nikes from Nike, and then we have changed them artistically, and they're being sold as works of art. Um, so y'all can go back to complaining about how we're trying to sell Nike shoes. I mean, they did, like, sell them for almost 2K. They did? Okay, so, so, so like, I, these Satan shoes are, like, they are, like, it's a bit much. Um, there's, like, the drop of human blood, and then there's, like, the little... Kind of, a drop of blood? Yeah. <laughs> I just think that they got some red paint with bloop, bloop, and some red paint. Oh, I, just, I just had a terrible be like he went to the butchers and was just like can we get a bunch of like cow's blood or sheep blood whatever you got left over there you put on these shoes but what what were we gonna say about the shoes the, the, like with the shoes uh now i'm like stuck in gross like blood shoe land um <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible um but yeah no so they're gonna just keep selling them that's fine oh okay so the update... pieces of art oh the update is they're no longer selling them as pieces of art? No, no, no. So the funny fact is that 
Nike was like, hey, stop selling those shoes because we're not part of this. Like, get our check mark off of that. And then the cut, the art, the art organization, they're called Mischief, which yes. they took out all the bells in the. Yeah, so they're in. in yeah. Mischief. And also, if you visit their site, it's really fucking weird. Um, right up little Nas's ex's alley, but like, it's. I went on the site. I'm like, am I getting hacked? Like, <laughs> you might <laughs> the be. words are like oversized, and I'm like, okay, obviously these guys are artists. So, because like I'm trying to hang, and I'm having a hard time, and I'm afraid that with this new computer that they've already infiltrated it, and they're gonna steal all my shit, which I have nothing. So, I mean, whatever. But um, basically, they sold before Nike told them to stop. They sold 665 pairs of shoes, and then. Nike's like, and they were going to do a raffle for the 666th shoe because, you know, 666, the, the coin number for the number the of the beef. Yeah, the yeah. number of the beef. And so right before they were going to do the raffle, Nike's like, oh, no, I don't think so. Um, we're Christian. We don't represent the devil, but here we're going to sue you for money because you're using us to make profit. And you're using us and not giving us a cut. So, and I mean, if they would have just been like, hey, this is dope. Can we get a little cut? Uh, you haven't been giving us a cut. I think that's basically That's really, it. it's always what it is. But money. Nike was like, we're going to stop the sales. And like, they're not going to have any more shoes. And like, Mischief and Lil Nas X are like, well, that's funny because we don't have any more shoes. And they're like, but... You're, you guys are going to sell more. Like, no, we don't have any more shoes. There's no more shoes. Well, where are the shoes? The shoes are in the hands of the consumer. We have no more shoes. There's no shoes here. We can't sell any more shoes since you guys cut us off. We can't sell anymore. There's well, no you can't sell not the, the shoes, shoes that you're looking for. There's where no are the shoes? There's no shoes. That's basically how this There's absolutely no shoes. But where's my shoes though? They're, they're asking for the shoes. They want the shoes back. But there are no shoes. They don't have them anymore. They've been shipped off to But also, like, after someone has buy them, can you really be like, oh, we'll do shoes back? We're going to do stock every person who registered and, like, purchased a pair for two Gs each. Like, no. That person's going to, like, Nike's going to knock on the door and that they're going to open the door and be like, what's up? I'm like, we need those shoes. Like, what shoes? <laughs> what shoes? We need the shoes of the devil. There's no devil in this house. There's no devil in this house. There's no devil in this house. You're the devil for knocking on my door. I need to put lamb's blood on my door so that way you can stay away from me. Wow, you we're devils. doing that? We're you, going there? <laughs> you capital devils, you Nike. You guys are exploiting children to make your shoes, and you guys think you're better than us. We're oh, just putting yeah. Satan on our shoes, but you're using children labor to make our shoes. But they're the same shoes, so you can't really turn around and be <laughs> <laughs> I love labor. They're like, yeah, but you bought the shoes. Okay, for but real, you I bought actually... and supported the shoes. <laughs> Oh, all bad. Yeah, apparently Nike's kind of up there with like Apple. Like the the products are not coming from good things. Well, yes. At any time you have monolithic companies like you know, Wally World and Walmart. Yeah, Walmart, Nike, any of these companies that are like you know everywhere in every town. There's always going to be some darkness that is conducting the. Yeah, conducting the the products, unfortunately, and and that's just you know cost benefit analysis. There's there's only so many different ways that you can cut corners to make a product cheap. Yeah, that's just what it is. Shop local. 
shop sustainable. <laughs> All right, but yeah, it sucks that um, this was cut off, but I also like how this was um, outlined. It was very, very fun to read. Though Lil Nas X, no matter how much he tries to like bat away the trolls, like he did admit that this whole endeavor has been emotionally tolling for him because it's like over some damn shoes. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, not not trying to only take his coins. Yeah, trying to take your coins, but it's just like when you're operating at that level, you know, it's not just yourself. You know, you have a team, and there's other people that are impacted by mm -hmm. what happens to you monetarily. Um, and so to put all that on like such a a young person we're all young people but to put that on like a young person's shoulders and on top of that it's mm -hmm. literally ooh, eons of um you know like old religious ideals that mm -hmm. are being challenged and to have to face that backlash anytime i feel like fanatics um anytime that you are delving into the mm -hmm. realm of like religion the people who are most likely going to clap back are going to be the fanatics the people who like have the time to and don't give a fuck and will sit there and send you threatening messages or mm -hmm. will actually you know stalk you and so a lot of this is like yeah it's funny and it's great to see him clapping back online but it's dangerous in these streets the yeah. real you know real world and let's not forget, like, a lot of the times, like, the places of humor, and this has been proven way too many times more than that, and we don't have to use Nas X as an example of this, but, you know, where humor has been conceived, it conce it's conceived from trauma. So, like, you know, like, yeah, we're joking around about these things because sometimes it's funny um, because it's like, wow, I relate to that, and it's being, it's how it's presented, right? Right. Like, if you present a mac and cheese like in the shape of a clown, that's funny. Um, but if you present mac and cheese in a serious way, it's still gonna be mac and cheese. So wherever like that's coming from, like your mac and cheese is probably coming from a dark place. Um, <laughs> that was weird. That was metaphor. That is an yeah, I was like, I'm so not sure did that did that analogy I'm work? Not I'm not sure. You're you're not fired. Yeah, if anybody thought that no. analogy was lame, <laughs> just let me know and say, Veronica, you're fired. Veronica. Um ooh, we couldn't we can't even say you're fired. I was thinking. I was thinking more of a Vince McMahon. You're fired, but now that I say you're fired, that terrible. It's terrible ugh. flashbacks. Trauma. Trauma. See, and this is what I mean. Look, this is uh, comedy being used for social commentary mm -hmm. and satire. Yeah, I just don't want to relive 2016 in November when I woke up hungover because I was disappointed. Okay. Disappointed. Disappointed. I could just. I just think of New York. Who's been great at telling people to fuck off and that they're fired? Oh, Tiffany Pollard? Yeah. <laughs> Does she do that? Yeah, I mean, she's still out here. She's still in these streets oh, being no, real Tiffany, as fuck. Yeah, Tiffany's still doing, New York's still doing the thing. New York yeah, is yeah. still New York. She was she yeah. a good one for that. Yeah. All right, let's go on and go along to our nerdy and dirty section, which are sexual, which is basically our sexual wellness segment, relationship topics, you name it, how to manifest healthy relationships. So Kylie, what were you thinking today? Um, okay. What's on the menu? What is on the menu? Who's the snack? Who's the entree? Oh my goodness. Who was oh. the little appetizers? Mm -hmm. This is what we're trying to find out, right? Um, I wanted to talk about fuck boys. What makes somebody a fuck boy? What are the signs to look out for? Because I'm new to this whole dating game. Hey. I'm new to, hey, what's up? Hey, 
Hey. 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 Listen. What are you doing? That's that's the thing. Hey. But I'm like, why? But why are they doing? This? Is, is, does it count? You watching on TV. Oh my god. But look to me, some of those phrases sound like things I would legitimately ask somebody, like if I was trying to be their friend. So I don't know. Like this is where I'm getting lost because I'm SMH. like. Okay, well, I <laughs> sorry, go on. I have to spell everything out, okay? But like, the good morning, I kept seeing a bunch of articles that were like, if he's texting you good morning, beautiful, or like good morning, gorgeous, at the mm-hmm. same time, like every time, like clockwork, that that's like a sign that you're kind of like on a list and it's just like checking a to-do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not very genuine. I didn't. I don't really like the good morning trope at all because um it doesn't feel genuine i know that there's probably so as we go into talking about fuck boys um we should also talk about feminine yeah i was like wait am i well. a fuck girl because i will text you like <laughs> i don't want to be so if it's like clockwork where it's like gm oh gm beautiful yeah. like smiley face like i mean uh, it's so weird because like let's let's talk about two two sides of the mirror here so one side of it is like they're shy they're really trying to figure out how to communicate with with like you know if if they're a girl or into guys like whatever um and so that's their way of acknowledging like hey you exist and i you're in my you're in my radar um, but also the other side of it is that it's been used by so many other guys that it's kind of like a trick that you're pulling out of a hat, right? So there there can be like a little bit of like hesitation and just being like, I don't know if I trust that because, you know, not only that you say good morning, but what's the follow-up text? You know, what's the follow-up communication? Like, it's like, good morning. How are you? What are you up to today? You know, and it leads to a lot of stagnant conversation that it has zero action planning yeah i don't like that so that's i mean that it's weird because it's kind of a a fuck boyism because there are some articles out there where it's like it's a check off right saying Mm -hmm. like i did what i had to do to communicate today and that's all i have to do i did the bare minimum just like what i do at my job (laughs) just kidding she does great at her job she's very good she's a hard worker speaking of articles there's a lot of articles about people doing the bare minimum but we'll talk about it another day go on um yeah because you know to me i'm just like well i'm the type of person that like will actually have a conversation and so mm-hmm. that that has been frustrating where people like like what's the point of going into somebody's dms and being like hey beautiful or like sup and then if i respond you don't have anything to say back other than like what you want to see boobs you want to you want to see nudes send me some nudes i discovered that noodle meme so i'll send i'll send noodle noodly nudes um but yeah so i was just thinking what makes somebody a fuck boy or a fuck girl or a fuck person is it bad to have multiple partners like on a rolodex I'm trying to write something down. <laughs> hey, hurry hey, or like uh, conversations need to expand past this. Oh, if it pops up on the camera, kind of sort of. No, if it no, I'd lean forward. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Hey, uh, nothing's happening. Uh, 
The camera sucks. <laughs> it doesn't You're doing great, Amy. You're doing fine. Don't All right. put on those now. Conversations in expand house. Hey, how are you? Okay. Yeah. And, and also, like, I mean, here's the other thing, too. Like, I'm also a person where it's like, I don't, if I text you, mm-hmm. If you have a job where you absolutely cannot text a person unless you're back from that job exactly at five o'clock or six o'clock or whatever the case may be, like, I get it. But, like, if I'm hanging out with you, you know, and, you know, I'm kicked back watching some movies and, like, the text pings and you get back to it right away at, like, seven o'clock at night and I know that you ain't doing shit because you haven't said that you made plans and don't get me wrong, a lot of this stuff is none of my business, but if I text you on that same day and you said, like, oh, I'm not doing anything today, you know, and you take three, two, three hours to the next day to say something, something's up. Okay. You're not really interested. Okay. There's not really interest. So then what's the point? Why? You know? Like, during a normal day, like, during the weekday where it's, like, during the normal, like, prime hours, unless you're a grave graveyard shift person like if there's no texting i get it but if it's like and late at night and like you know you're used to texting back and forth and as the weeks go like they get less and less interesting and less and less and, and more and more spaced out in between time and then it's like what why are we entertaining this okay you know what i mean okay why do you look hurt like i'm not hurting you no you're not hurting me i'm just i'm learning i'm learning um, I don't know. Like some fuckboyisms I just don't like are like I don't like loud music. I don't like loud music in your car. Like blaring it at the top of your what your speakers can handle, driving down the street, like yelling the lyrics, or not even yelling the lyrics, just trying to like look lean back in your car. And like being like, sup, I don't like that. Another thing is I hate whistling. Okay. Whistling. Can... And I mean, this kind of gets into like the whole, like it kind of gets into sexual harassment, but I hate it when people whistle at you. I'm like, I'm not entertained by that. What am I a dog? Like, don't treat me like I'm a fucking like animal. Treat me like I'm a fucking human being. Say hi, hello, how are you? <laughs> Say hi. Like, like she's not training you like, like you're a dog. Like, get, can I get you a drink? I respect that more than someone whistling at me. Um, another thing I don't like is another thing I don't like is uh, this happened to me actually at a bar. Oh no! This was like this was pre-cash. Um, pre-cash stories to do. Some guy was hitting on me on a bar, and he bought me like three drinks, and we we're like chatting it up. And I felt like oh, I go upstairs to his nice little like penthouse thing, whatever. And you know, he does. He breaks out his phone. Look at my ex-wife. Look at my ex-wife. He showed me all of his pictures of his ex-wife. Wait, so like, he could have got it, and then he fucked it up by being yeah, like, she looks like Selma Hayek, and I'm like, oh. My oh, gosh. No. Oh, my uh, God. Not Salma Hayek. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I, he's like, and we used to live here at this house. We used to do all these things. I'm like, mm, you're a psycho. That like, sounds like, like, I'm glad he brought it up because. Oh, and then I don't discover later. I thought it was just going to be a hit and quit situation. So like, I mean, I wasn't thinking anything of it, but it was such, I would probably rank that as a fuckboyism. Like, okay. 
you're talking to me and you're telling me that your ex-wife is hot and you're talking to me, you brought me all these drinks and you've been doing like, this the, like a you've been doing thing. like he was doing the knee thing. Oh, you know the knee thing when yeah. you're like hanging out with a new person, being like, Hey, I'm interested. I'm gonna rub knees with you while we're sitting at a bar. Stop it. And then he goes, Ex-wife. And I'm like, uh, like So I feel like in that I feel like that's like the whole setup of him you being run like this? Hmm? Yeah, let's rub me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that was a big story, but like that really happened. That really happened. Like, I feel like I'm gonna drunkenly go to the next bar and find my homies there. Oh, that's a jazz find your homies. What the yeah. hell? Dude, yeah, I honestly feel like in that setup, the it's just like, oh, don't get your expectations up. Like I feel like there are better ways to communicate that you want this to be a one night stand other than like trying to like nag a person or be like, oh, here's my ex-wife so that you know, oh, there's somebody else like. Is, I mean, did you sign the papers? I, yeah, did you sign? Are you really divorced? Are you? Is this your way of telling me that like low-key you you're help? actually still married and. I feel like you're trying to find friends and you need help. Like, mm, I feel like he's just trying to fuck. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? God. Well, I'm glad you escaped that that yeah. creepy, scary situation. It was just a little weird, so that was kind of a fuckboyism. No, well, an old school fuckboyism. An old school truck, lifted, lifted trucks. trucks. Lifted trucks and not being able to get into that person's lifted truck, which is kind of funny because I'm like thinking about all the boys in high school that had those, and I'm like, yeah, we all didn't like you. Oh, oh awfully specific. Wait, so is the whole idea of being a fuckboy just that you just have sex with people and you don't ever form any emotional well, what connections. What is the definition of a fuckboy? Is it someone that just doesn't meet expectations? Or is it someone that's lousy about their expectations? Give Like, you know, is it a person who is lousy about their own expectations and giving you more expectation to do the thing? Or is it somebody that is lousy about their own expectations and is planning to mooch off of you emotionally mm. and financially? Ooh. You know, like... What is the definition of a fuck man? Oh my gosh, of a fuck man or a fuck person. Jesus, I really feel, um, maybe I'll have to broaden my scope. I really thought that fuck boys were really just people who were like emotionally immature and like not wanting to disclose the fact that they are just looking for sex. Um, a lot of the times I think it's also just it's a self, it's a, it's a thing that's derived from being selfish, right? So if you're a selfish person who needs emotional security, someone who needs to have people around them and will do things to capture, kind of like fishing, right? If you capture people and have them around you and find and show them all these amenities to make them look like a great person. And then once they fulfilled kind of like that checklist, then they become lousy. And then you start you know and then there's the behavior of that person who's hanging around being like what's going on and then they're like oh no it's fine because think of all the things i've done for you before that can also be a fuckboyism too okay so like enjoying that that initial emotional rush and then once you've like had enough of the person and you're ready for like a new crush rush emotional roller coaster Mm -hmm. that you just run through people like is that that's terrible. Yeah, and I think it's also the other thing too is like not being able to properly let go of people. Like you keep them around because of because they like because those people like to archive those emotional rushes, right? So it's like, oh, I had a great 
dynamic with this person, but things aren't happening anymore. But I'm going to every so often ping them to know that, to let them know that I'm still around in like case serial of this dating? new thing. In case of this new thing doesn't work. Uh, you know what I mean? Burners. So right. yeah, it's a lot of back burners and like keeping folks around. So I don't know. It, it's very broad. It's a very broad culture. And I feel like those who are the fuck boy don't realize that that's what they're doing and they don't have a good community of people to point out their flaws because the person that they see as perspective, they, they're, they can call them out, but they're like, oh, you're just angry because it's not working out. So they just gaslight them and saying like, what you're saying isn't true and that's not the person I am. So they keep that behavior and they don't have friends to tell them like, hey, that was fucked up. You need to change yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe they don't even have enough friends to have that reinforcement. That's a big red flag for me too. It's like, if you don't have friends, like that's a big, like you, you need to have you need to have a group of people there to point out your dumb shit. You have to. Like, if you don't have people there to point, point out your dumb shit, then you're never going to grow. Yes. Mm. That's that's true. Because uh, also it's like the company you keep, right? Mm-hmm. Your friends kind of reflect on you as a person. Mm-hmm. The values that you The values that you value. The things that you look for in other people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess. Okay. You're giving me some some good things to think about to yeah. ruminate we upon. Didn't, we couldn't really like center on what it is, you know. But I think also like I have like a history of like not only like accidentally coming across these people, but also like you know I probably accidentally exhibited a couple of these behaviors too. And then, but again, I have friends to call my shit out, you know. So, like, if I'm being shitty and I have, like, oh, this is what I've been doing. I've been doing this, this, and this, and this. And, like, one of my friends are, like, hey, hey, get cut. Like, you know, they'll say, like, Dude, <laughs> cut that shit out. What why? Are you, so what are you doing? Like, I get a lot of, but why, V? Like, <laughs> why, V? <laughs> or... No, that's fucked up, dude. Like, I get a lot of, like, no, that was fucked up. I'm like, no, but I'll justify it anyway. Like, like, no, V, that was fucked up. Come on. Come on. Um... But yeah, like, I mean, sometimes, like, I probably have history of, like, occasionally being a fuckboy, but it's also because I've been hurt, too. Like, like defenses go mm. up, and then you put expectations on others, and then if they don't fulfill them, then you start being a jackass, and oh that's my- what happened to me. Oh, no. <laughs> and that's what happened to me. Trust me. I don't know if I'm Your not first boy journals. <laughs> I'm fine now, I promise. She's reformed? I'm reformed. I'm refined. Oh, my God. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to go on this? Yes. Um, um, so let's go on you. to our just nerdy segment, what's just happening nerdy. in the nerdum of pop culture. So we talked about a little bit of this like a little while back ago, but it looks like there is going to be an official release of the next Batman, the second son, Black Batman. Black Batman! Tim Fox! Black Man. Yes. Morgan Freeman's son! Yes! <laughs> yes. Morgan Freeman's son. And to me, you know what, like, it, I feel like in many ways he's a better fit as Batman because he's literally grown up, like, around this technology and around the weapons. And I feel like probably has better motive. <laughs> better motives than original batman i've been seeing a lot of conspiracy oh, is he, gonna, is he about... actually gonna like beat up the cops instead you know of the I mean? criminals like he might i'm hoping <laughs> here's 
here's hoping that that's what goes down. But it's just like, I've been seeing a lot of the conspiracy memes where it's like Batman really just um, is protecting his assets and keeping himself wealthy, talking about Arkham and how it's like a a private- He has a clubhouse account and he's like, this is the move guys, this is the move. It's like, but are you, are you Batman? No, I'm Tim Fox, I'm Lucius Fox's son. (laughs) Like, Just be like listening and then there's fly on the walls in clubhouse being like, this is how you make the move guys. This is how you listen, how to become an entrepreneur. (laughs) Get it from Tim Fox, not Bruce Wayne. Get out of that room. Ted Talks, lols. (laughs) Welcome to my Ted Talks. But yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. I really, yeah, I want to see what kind of social commentary will be Mm -hmm. in there and how this will change with this new Black Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this is going to be really exciting. I don't really read. I don't read. I'm I don't read because I listen to just a lot of stop audio. Stop it at that. I don't. So read. if there's a movie that comes out with Tim Fox, I'm like down. Like okay. something tells me they're going to use Idris Elba. Mm. They've been wanting him really... to be some sort of like secret agent, like super bougie type of person, and I feel like he would be a good fit to be Tim Fox. Okay. Even though they probably wanted him as James Bond. Was he James Bond already? <laughs> they told him he couldn't be James Bond. I think there black. was a petition that they really wanted him to be James yeah, Bond. Yeah, they were like, he can't be black. And then there was a whole kerfuffle about that. Uh, they're trying to make James Bond into a woman, too. So, like, yes. who cares? Just, it's the same. Like, it's like Link from Legend of Zelda. They keep reincarnating, <laughs> reincarnating James Bond as a different person. Like, it was Sean Connery. He's Doctor Who at this Pierce point. Brosnan. It was David Craig. It's a whole different white man in each every film. Cool. So the same thing with Legend of Zelda. It's always a different little link. So they can always just like reincarnate him into a black man. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Wink, wink, Legend of Zelda. Maybe reincarnate Link as a black man. It will be fine. I think it's going to be great. Make Zelda a black girl. I mean... Make Zelda new- black. Just make, make, Zelda black. Just make Zelda... Can we make Zelda black? <laughs> oh my god. Black Zelda. Um... <laughs> Other things that are being released. Um, so Second Son's being released on the 6th and um, Second Sight Publishing is releasing Duplicate on the 7th. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was really what interesting. Is duplicate? So Duplicate uh, is a series that's written and created all by women, but it is set in a, a pandemic and basically explores um, like organ trafficking and transplants because if you're going through a pandemic and you're getting sick you're going to wear out these organs and then it's also oh it's very repo it's very repo um and i loved repo the genetic opera like i have a guilty pleasure guilty pleasure all the way um yeah all of it um so yes it was giving me very much repo vibes and then i was like the the art is really interesting too Mm -hmm. um kind of like a dark but still very soft and pretty okay soft goth soft goth soft okay. goth soft goth i like soft goth yes um so i'm excited and looking to read that um but oh yes also uh yay it's six year anniversary to um shokizeki no soma or food wars so six years huzzah um it's on netflix 
Oh yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. You still haven't watched it because I know no, it's I'm okay. I'm still not on. I'm still on episode one of One Piece. Oh. oh. <laughs> you know, One Piece stands for One Piece, meaning one episode of One Piece. I'm caught up. I'm caught up with. You're one not piece. caught up. I'm no. on episode seven right no, now no. of season one. We don't talk about. It's one going piece. great. I, they said One Piece. One episode, one piece of that anime. I've also started one Demon episode. Slayer. No, I, I need all of them. I started Demon Slayer. I started, um, was it Magi? I've heard it pronounced a different way, like a few different ways. No. Magi? Ma- Maho? No. No. Oh, I just caught up with AOT and Hack on Titan. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Magi? I'll check it out. Sorry. <laughs> My time. Magi. What? I've never heard of this series. For those who haven't seen the latest episode of uh, Attack on Titan, though, please. You, this is oh. the epi- so it's been stagnant this whole season. I've been like really trying what to shoot through. Like, what is something going to get eaten? <laughs> I know. No, it's more of like, when is the fucking story going to continue? There's all this like build up. There was like three episodes that nothing happened. Oh, they're doing the Naruto thing or like where they're just like, oh, there's a little builder. It's just a bunch of extra story. It's like, oh, story, story, but no like climb. It's just, it's, do- it's doing this. And at one point it did a little bit of this. And then once a key, something happens to a key character, and then this last episode where like some action started to happen, then I'm like, oh shit, this is the shit that I was watching in the first place. Where was this? It could have skipped right to this. I'm so tired of this buildup. You know what? The, the creators are people too. Maybe they just had a lot of shit oh, going on in their lives and they were like, you know what? They're going to get these filler episodes because it, life is hard. It's not filler though. It's not filler. It's not like Naruto, where Naruto and his crew go to like somebody's house. Like, hey, I need you to conquer this demon real quick. It has nothing to do with the story. They're just like, oh yeah, we'll help you do this favor, and they do the favor, and then you can continue watching that show, going back to the main story. It's not some like side quest bullshit. No, like AOT, there was no side quest. It's just like imagine walking five miles in the desert and nothing happens. So, like there's no oasis, there's no landscape. You're just walking in a straight line. You're like, wow. It's like walking on I-5. So, like if you walk on the peak like, of I-5, you're like, where is this gonna end? You know you're going somewhere, but like there's nothing interesting happening. So like the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that it was just all filmed in the dark and you can't see shit. Yeah, yeah. The ending was, yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's over. Okay, read the books. I, I enjoyed just, the books. The so, books were much better. The thing I just don't like is like when things are strung out for too much, like too long. So like Grey's Anatomy. Once Christina left the show, I'm like, I'm over this. Like, I don't want to watch the show anymore. You don't want to watch it for another 20 yeah, years? Yeah, everyone died. I don't want to watch the Meredith show. I want to see George. Like, George was first, second, third season, and then no more George because George died, unfortunately. But, like, I was, like, after that, and when Christina left, I'm like, mm, done. I don't want to watch the show anymore. But there's still, like, 20 to fucking 50 seasons of this show that are still happening. And I'm like, why... Why are you guys ringing out? Oh, what was that lady's name? Sandra, not Sandra. It's not Sandra. Um, who's the lady that wrote that show? It's Sandra something. Is it? She also wrote How to Get Away with Murder. Ooh. 
know. Anyway, but my whole point is, like, stop stringing out things longer than it needs to be. You know what was perfect? See that anime on my wall back there? Oh, God. There we go. Trigon was beautifully short. Trigon was beautifully short. You know what went on a little too long for me? Bleach. The bound arc, over it. Like, just get me to Nell, get me to Grimjow. Like, I don't care about it anymore. Sorry, I'm currently wrapping up the bound arc. Yeah, it's, it's, you, again, you're walking on I-5 and nothing's happening. You're like, I know I'm going to get to L.A., but it's taking a second. I feel like there's nothing happening. It's just two laner. You see a bunch of big rigs. You sometimes can go around them. But, like, you're just walking on I-5 and you're like, it's not, there's nothing changing. There's sometimes nothing you got to walk on I-5. To oh, look at Calination. I love being in okay, Anyway, so, um. Moving along, there's yes. been this thing that I recently discovered. Yes, please. Um, but it's been going on for about six years. Oh, crap. Which is called VPC, which is the Vocal Producer Challenge. Mm. It's a nerdcore thing. Nerdcore! That's <laughs> a nerdcore thing. Um, and so they actually got to round one. What I'm really happy to see is that there's a lot of entries from those who were interviewed on Don't Cast and Drive. Like a lot of Don't Cast and Drive alumni are on that, are on the list of like, you know, the producer challenge. So I'm talking about the Paris the Testament, Mark Cooper, uh, Danny, or sorry, excuse me, the Paladin. You got one only Ronin. Um, you got, I don't, no, Grayson's not on there, unfortunately. But um, like Nightwing. <laughs> but yeah, like we we got a lot of alumni on there. So I'm over here like, yes, please. Oh, BJ Tyukin's on there. Like I'm just, there's so many names I recognize. I'm like, oh yes, my friends, my babies. I am so happy that you guys are doing this thing. And I, I'm looking forward to see all the things that they're that they have like created. There is a SoundCloud uh, playlist. It's unofficial right now, but someone's from, someone from VPC, the person coordinating, created a playlist. So you can check out all their uh, all their mashups there. So the whole point is you're supposed to be a rap artist or a singer, and you link up with a producer, and so you get a bunch of challenge. You get a challenge per I think like month or something like that, and you have to create a song and lyrics on the fly. Can you do this? Please do this. I can't do it. It's too late. I didn't know about it until like, but I didn't know. they kept talking about VPC as this obscure thing. And I'm like, ah, notifications, Facebook, whatever, blah. Right. And then like, finally I started looking into this. I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. So like I talked to uh, 12 from Rep the System mm-hmm. and she kind of kept me up to date on like what everything is. I'm like, oh, this is really awesome. I actually am very interested in doing this next year, but not yes. this year. I'm waiting <laughs> for that I album would, drop. I would be more interested in doing like commentary and maybe some voting. Okay. Like like kind of the voting. You want to be on the judge? I want to be on the judge. And it's just see. because I interview so many people. That's true. You do. Like, and I get in touch with a lot of folks who do nerdcore music regularly and I celebrate them. So like, I just thought like, maybe I can dip my name in the gauntlet for that, but I would really have to like ask the next time and once it's like early on. But I think it's really cool and it really tests the creativity and the talent of both artists. Uh, so, you know, oh yeah, the rap nerds on there too. Yes. So, um, but yeah, like I just, I think it's really great that they, that they're all doing this and it's like, I can see that they're all stressed and, and like, oh my God, I only have like a couple days. And, and it's so great to see that energy. Cause I love it. Cause they're just, they're so, um, they're so passionate. Everybody's so passionate about this. Yes. So, um, but yeah, like, I think that was great. Um, but other than that, we do need to take a quick break break so please just stay yeah.
front of her back, as you guys probably saw, it was definitely just a quick like little cut. So sorry, we don't have any interesting commercials. I mean, I guess I could have like added something like commercial. I just Ruby Rod. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, the last part of Lady Blurred. Blurred. Blurred sings the blues. Oh my God. How's the show, Veronica? It's awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh my God. Ready, ready? Let's yes. try this again. Yes, let's I want to rec it. Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I just can't believe you like winning red plastic just came back. <laughs> All right, so moving along, um, we actually are at our closing part of the podcast. Um, so call to action, how you can make a change. Uh, we're going to focus this one on the local aspect of it. So Hero Tent has been working very, very hard on uh, civil rights act, um, civil rights act, uh, organization um, in San Jose has just making sure that they're keeping people busy and, you know, as in like making sure that things are being called to attention and, and making sure that things are trying to make a change. So right now their focus on this week is uh, Gregory Johnson Jr. who we've discussed before, an unfortunate lynching um, from one of the fraternities at San Jose State back in 2008, uh, right after the inauguration of Barack Obama. Um, so we're very convinced that it was a hate crime that he was killed. Um, and also the evidence is saying that he hung himself in a basement did not line up. So um, Mary Papazian, who who is the president of San Jose State University, um, has at one point agreed to talk to the council of those who are leading the efforts of getting Gregory Johnson's family the right funding to make sure that the state, the, the school takes accountability for this fraternity because all fraternities are linked to San Jose State so that they should be accountable. Uh, since she has been a recent president of, I think maybe the last uh, four years, uh, she wasn't there for the incident, but as a, as a leader, she should take accountability for it saying like, hey, I know I wasn't, she should say something to the fact I wasn't here, but you know, San Jose State should be responsible and should be, you know, condemning this frat. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she hasn't done that. She, if anything, there was a meeting that was set up and she avoided it. Um, she was at the invite and she just didn't show up at all. So uh, this upcoming, I believe the 11th is, I think Thursday, I believe. Ooh. When is the 11th? I was like, well, today's the 4th, so. Well, on April 11th, uh, there's going to be a protest over at the Municipal Rose Garden uh, for Gregory Johnson. Apparently, Mary Papazan should be there. Uh, so then that way, the public is bringing attention to the fact that she should have been there to discuss these matters because these are very serious matters. Yeah. This is what's representing San Jose State right now. And she's pretending that she hasn't there, has nothing to do with it. And if there are professors who are out there at San Jose State who've been there since 2008 saying, like, this is a case closed. This is none of our business anymore. So, yeah, like, I think the efforts need to be strengthened. And then also that Sigma Chi, I believe is the fraternity needs to be condemned and not associated with San Jose State. And also let's think about the other fraternities that are mostly white, that they should also reconsider reformatting and doing a better job about uh, being more proactive with their communities instead of drinking and partying every weekend, so. But yeah, instead of drinking and partying because i've been there and i've seen you guys and i've been to about a few frat parties and i know what you guys do 
it's all a bunch of fuckboyisms and dumb shit. So don't pretend that you guys are doing anything productive because I've never seen it. Jesus. Um, well, speaking of like better productive things to do with your time um, mm-hmm. for all you frat boys out there who are looking to do something to give back to your communities, uh, we hope is an organization based, I want to say out of Palo Alto, um, mm-hmm. but they provide um, showers and laundry services for people who are living on the streets um, people who need services, they, um, help people with life skills and training. Um, they kind of like do pop-ups. So mm-hmm. if you go to wehope.org, um, they do have a calendar and they, um, let you know, like what their locations are. They're always looking for volunteers mm-hmm. to help set up these sites. And, um, it's really, um, incredible the work that they do because there are a lot of things that, you know, people who live, in a home take for Mm -hmm. granted the access to running water Mm -hmm. um being able to go to the laundromat being able to take a shower Mm -hmm. and yeah you know you never know what somebody is going through there's so many people who like homelessness doesn't have a particular face so you never know who in your community that you really could be showing up for right and you never know when like you yourself maybe Mm -hmm. um could benefit from some of these services especially I think as college kids it's really important um you get this like real world knowledge and give back absolutely I know that with going to college there's a lot of stress with being outside of your house probably for the first time trying to figure out your own independence and sometimes because of that you stay locked into the world of your college and so I think it's really important to always outreach and find ways to to you know get involved with your community so that way it broadens your perspectives you're also helping somebody out and you are truly making a difference uh it doesn't matter if you're an engineer to an artist to to um you know a business student it doesn't matter just you know put get your feet wet to see what people are actually like get out of your bubble um this is the best way to figure out what the real world is like and what the world world is dealing with on a day-to-day basis so i agree with kylie yeah. absolutely all right well thank you for listening to lady blurt sings the blues you can find us on spotify apple pods and our original home SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lady Blurred's Podcast. For questions and suggestions about the show, email us at don'tcastmedrive at gmail.com. Spell don't cast and drive, not and, but and. And as a nasty. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, <laughs> otherwise. Oh my gosh, it's my Mike Tyson eyebrow kicking in. <laughs> otherwise, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and, you know, I hope you have a really wonderful week. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.